Hello, and welcome to the Harvard Kennedy School Policy Cast. I'm your host, Matt Cadwallader, and today we're speaking about Secretary of State John Kerry's approach to the Middle East with Pulitzer Prize winning journalist and former Shorenstein fellow David Rode. David is here as a guest of the Shorenstein Center Speaker Series. David, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me here. So, Hillary Clinton's tenure as Secretary of State was fairly accomplished. Um, John Kerry steps into fairly big shoes. Has he been effective? Um, on his first day at the State Department, he gave a talk to all employees, and he actually joked that the big question as he took the reins at the State Department was whether or not a man could actually lead the American worldwide diplomatic effort. Um, and it's true. For eight years, actually, Condoleezza Rice and Hillary Clinton had preceded him, and he also joked that I have big heels to fill. Um You've He's, been actually following with yes. him for the last few months, and you've said that his uh, demeanor isn't always his strong suit, right? He's a he's a incredibly hard worker. Um, he's really passionate and believes in American diplomacy, but he can tend to go sort of off message in press conferences and sort of um, you know say things that that maybe the White House didn't expect. And so that's a, those are the sort of two sides uh, of Kerry. Um, many people um, see him as sort of aloof and arrogant. That was a, a caricature that emerged, uh, I think, during the 2004 presidential campaign. But you know, I saw a, a Kerry who um, has wanted this job his whole life. Uh, he's sort of given up on the idea that he's going to become president. And what's impressed me is that he's taking risks. Um, he, you know, is trying to revive diplomacy um, in the Israeli-Palestinian peace conflict. He's been more hawkish on Syria, but he believes in diplomacy there. Uh, as well. And now, most importantly, you know, President Obama um, is now saying Kerry will be the front man on a, on a dialogue with Iranian officials. So uh, I think it's, you know, a very high stakes, very important time for John Kerry in the U.S. The uh, public perception of John Kerry, certainly domestically, but perhaps internationally, is uh, he's rather soporific, maybe. <laughs> Um, There's, <laughs> I, but you, you've said that he's willing to take risks. That seems to be a weird balance. Well, he's. There's a joke among reporters that that uh, 28 years in the U.S. Senate ruined John Kerry's ability to speak English. Um, and there was a press conference I was at with him in Moscow, where he, uh, you know, he uttered a sentence that was 95 words long, according to the official transcript. Um, but. Uh, you know, he does have this other side where he, he really believes that before you use lethal force, you should exhaust all diplomatic efforts. Um, I've been trying with his aides to sort of get a sense of his kind of doctrine in terms of the U.S.'s role in the world. And, and one aide told me that they felt that Kerry believes if a very narrow and limited use of force by the United States can save lives in another country and it does not risk large numbers of American casualties, then the U.S. should act. And clearly, you know, we've seen it in, in press reports and even in his public comments, you know, Kerry thought the United States should act in Syria. He, he supported the strikes. He gave what some said was the best speech of his career, uh, you know, a few weeks ago where he called the sarin gas attack uh, there a moral obscenity. So he's he's two things. He's sort of a contradictory guy, um, but, you know, he's, he's definitely working at this incredibly hard. Now, in comparison to Hillary Clinton's tenure, uh, have there been drastic changes in the State Department? Um, he's got a very different style from Secretary Clinton. She really um, embraced more public diplomacy. She did a lot of these town hall meetings in, uh, in different countries. And people in the State Department generally credit her. They say that she helped kind of revive or improve the image of the United States. 
um, after the Bush years, you know, uh, Republicans will disagree. Um, and then she, you know, set a record for the number of, of, of uh, countries visited. She focuses a lot on uh, women's issues and development issues and, and focused a lot also on tech, on how to use social media to kind of get the American message out, um, you know, how to develop um, devices that will help activists in Iran, let's say, or China uh, pierce uh, firewalls that are elected or sorry, that are created by governments there. So Kerry is much more of a traditional uh, diplomat. He likes high stakes diplomacy. He likes shuttle diplomacy. Um, and in his first six months, he traveled at, at just an unbelievable pace. It was actually an, an even faster pace than Clinton, who has the record for countries visited and a faster pace than Condoleezza Rice, who has the record for number of miles traveled. So he clearly enjoys this kind of high-stakes diplomacy, and he also um, is totally engrossed in the Middle East. Um, in the f his first several months in office, he made more trips to Israel and the West Bank than Hillary Clinton did in four years. Um, and that gets back to this risk-taking. Um, that you know, Some analysts say that uh, because Clinton was going to run for president, she was cautious, and so she did not engage too directly. She had special envoys in, in um, uh, the Israeli-Palestinian peace process and in Afghanistan and Pakistan, whereas Kerry is you know, delving into this stuff directly himself. So to this point, it seems like one of his biggest accomplishments may have been a gaffe, um, accidentally saying that you know if Assad gave up his weapons, the U.S. would back down. Uh, by all accounts, was that actually a gaffe? Was that some, you know, uh, Machiavellian scheme to to move Russia and Syria towards resolution? I think it was a half gaffe. Um, I travel with Kerry on his first trip to Moscow, where um, he met President Putin and Foreign Minister Lavrov. And it, in those conversations back in May, he talked about this idea of turning over uh, serious chemical weapons to um, international uh, inspectors and. Um, and I, my understanding is also, and this has been you know, reported elsewhere, President Putin brought up with President Obama when they met in Mexico, uh, and then it was brought up by President Putin again more recently at the G8 meeting in St. Petersburg. What I've heard from Kerry's staff is that the administration really didn't think the Russians were serious about following this up. This was one of many ideas they discussed. And, you know, then there was a credible threat of American force. I think the Russians and Assad did fear an American military strike. A lot of people here thought it would be pointless. Um, but I think there were concerns that it would be a very large strike and it would potentially take out Assad's air force. And that's a big military component that he needs to hold on to power. So um, I, I think he threw out that proposal in London. Um, I don't think that he thought the Russians would bite. Uh, he was surprised when they did, um, and it became an out for an administration that I think uh, underestimated the opposition that they would face in Congress from strikes. They suddenly found themselves, you know, with sweeping um, opponents across both houses, well, more the House, and so they, they leapt at this chemical weapons idea and that the Russians were suddenly serious about something that had been talked about behind the scenes for months. Syria seems to have defined Kerry at this point, but uh, much of his tenure so far has been spent on issues like uh, the Israeli-Palestinian peace process um, and even Iran. Uh, can you tell me what the priorities are for Kerry and maybe the administration as a whole uh, when it comes to these big ticket items? He works very closely with the White House on all these things. It's it's 
one trend that's happened in American foreign policy is that presidents have had larger and larger National Security Council staffs, and that has somewhat sort of undermined the influence of the State Department. So um, Kerry very much keeps the White House informed of what he's doing. Um, Americans didn't see it much, but he did spend a tremendous amount of time in his first five or six months in office trying to revive the Israeli-Palestinian peace process. He did succeed at that, and that was really his personal effort. Um, but he says that uh, when 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 Kerry was actually doing debate prep during the 2012 campaign, he um, represented Mitt Romney uh, during the debate and did a very good job, uh, apparently, of being a tall uh, politician from Massachusetts with very good hair. And uh, he really got under the president's skin, apparently. And the two men, you know, you know, they'd known each other for years. Kerry had backed Obama very early, giving him a shot to speak at the Democratic convention when Kerry was the nominee. Um, but apparently Obama said that he regretted not having made a trip to Israel in his first term in that debate prep and that the Israeli-Palestinian push was sort of a something that came from Kerry and Obama together. Syria, I think, is, you know, it was really the sarin gas attack in August that put it, you know, forced the White House to react when it didn't really want to. And now there's this big Iranian um, initiative, which is, again, events in Iran producing Rouhani as president and these changing circumstances. So it's it's fascinating to watch the administration sort of, I think, um, try to figure out how to engage in the Middle East. Um, in his speech at the UN uh, this week, uh, President Obama laid out these four kind of priorities for the U.S. Why, you know, what are what what issues are of strategic concern for the U.S. in the Middle East? And and he talked about protecting allies, uh, ensuring the free flow of energy, uh, dismantling terrorist networks, and he also said the U.S. will not tolerate the development of weapons of mass destruction. This is a big change. I mean, this is an administration that talked about a pivot to Asia for years and years and years. And now Obama seems to be trying to strike a balance, saying we have to engage in this region, but we're going to engage diplomatically with John Kerry leading the way, not militarily. And the biggest sign of that may have been Obama's overtures to the Iranian government uh, in his speech to the UN on Tuesday. Yes, he's he's um, said he respects the... Uh, the right of the Iranian people to pursue um, civilian nuclear power. Um, and he, he talked about or sort of signaled, um, you know, IAEA inspections with close, close international monitors, they would be able to have a civilian nuclear program. Um, some in Israel have said there shouldn't be any kind of nuclear program at all in uh, in, in, in Iran. So that that is a, a move by um, Obama. And American secretaries of state and Iranian foreign ministers have met um, in the last three decades when the countries have not had official um, negotiations, but clearly having Kerry um, have an official meeting with the Iranian foreign minister later this week is also, uh, he's taking a bit of a risk. Obama, um, just on the politics, the the key thing that's worked in Iran has been very, very tough economic sanctions. Those have been passed by Congress. Those are American laws. So the the problem for Obama here is if he wants to make progress in Iran is that the Iranians are going to want some sanctions to be eased, maybe as some progress is made in talks, but already there's opposition from Democrats and Republicans in Congress from easing up on the Iranian sanctions. So this is a, a situation where Obama doesn't have a free hand as much in foreign policy because these Iran sanctions um, very much involve Congress. Going back to the Palestinian-Israel uh, uh, ongoing crisis, you've said that uh, John Kerry found success 
how exactly does he accomplish that? I mean, we've we've heard of him as aloof. We've heard of him as, you know, a little bit awkward maybe. But how does he actually effectively pull parties together? Hours and hours and hours of personal conversations, um, you know, dinners that last until 2 a.m. with him um, personally meeting with Benjamin Netanyahu and, and Mahmoud Abbas. And, um, you know, he there may be guarantees he's given privately uh, to both sides that we don't know about, but it was really this uh, shuttle diplomacy where he was make, he made a at least a half dozen trips to the region um, when he took office. Um, he's one innovative thing he's done is that he um, created a series of economic incentives for the Palestinians to engage in the talks um, where he was able to get four billion dollars in primarily private sector investment this is not, uh, it's a very small amount, uh, if any, of American government funds. Um, and he got these funds to create incentives for the Palestinians to go ahead with the talks. And it was sort of diplomacy in an age of austerity. How can you create a, a carrot for the Palestinians? And he did it by uh, going to the private sector. Uh, there's some Gulf money and I think some European money as well that, that created that incentive. There's huge skepticism that these talks are going to go anywhere. But um, people were surprised that Kerry even got got both sides to agree to to start the talks again. David Rode, thanks so much for being on PolicyCast today. Thank you. You've been listening to HKS PolicyCast, a production of Harvard Kennedy School. Hear more interviews at hks.harvard.edu slash policycast. And join the conversation on Twitter at hashtag policycast. Policycast.